Exodus 17. I want you to find verse 8. We'll read eight verses. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. If you're all there, say, Woo! Now Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and on the other side. His hands were steady until evening. It's going down to the sun, verse 13. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, and I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this word that you have given me. And I'm asking that you would release living understanding. Lord, not just head knowledge, not just learning, not just a lecture. Lord, thank you for the knowledge of God. Thank you for your word. But Lord, impartation, and I am mindful tonight that as I preach before your beloved people, those online, those that will listen later, those here in this auditorium, this great church, I'm mindful also that I stand before your throne and before you and your angels and your host and all that you want to do. And I'm mindful also that I stand before Satan and his demons and I stand in this place of great tension between the first advent, the first coming of Jesus, and your soon return. And I'm asking that you would anoint these lips of clay once again, that you would put fire, Lord, on this message, and that you would fulfill that which you want to do in and through it. Come on, pray and ask God to move tonight. Lord, move tonight in power. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. Have your will. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, but I don't promise to stick to them. I believe it's a two-part message unless the Lord allows me to get through all of it. Very important word tonight. It's an important word. I was sharing with one of the brothers today that there are moments when the enemy just peers his ugly little head out and tries to hinder There's other moments where there's smooth sailing, and then there's other moments where there's great opposition. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to expanding the kingdom. There is a devil. He does have a plan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 says that. But God has come that one might have life, and life to the full, life abundantly. And he has called us in this community. He has called us in this state. He has called us even in this nation to do amazing things for him. And in order to do that, you're going to have to really touch the hem of his garment at moments and walk in fire and break through. You're going to have to walk in revelation. You're going to have to hear his voice. It's not just whistling along and everything's great. If you've been facing opposition, that might be a good sign. It also might be a sign and you're acting foolish. But even if you're obeying God to the best of your ability, you will have opposition. And there's been much opposition. We've had some opposition with our building project. Haven't made a big deal over it, but now that we're through the other side, there was really an assignment to shut us down, and we were shut down for a few days. And I understand that it could have been three and four weeks. And if we were shut down for three or four weeks, we would have had a significant problem. It's not the last problem we're having. 
And it's not the last victory that we'll have. We're going to walk in victory, but you have to speak it. You have to declare it. Come on, somebody say, I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, that's right. And I want to preach a message to you. I, I couldn't think of a cute name. So it's just to raise the banner is what it's called. Jehovah Nisi. And so this message is what I hope to accomplish. In fact, what the Lord will do through this message will cut off that attack. It's already actually been done in, in prayer. But this will seal it, cross the T, dot the I, and, and, and close the book, and we'll move on. This is one of those messages that I wish the whole church was here, but thank God that we can record it. You can listen to it later. I'd encourage you to take notes. Raise the banner, part one. Does anybody remember? You'd have to be older to remember when we landed on the moon, but we landed on the moon. One of the first things they did, you remember that? He said, one small step for mankind, one giant step, uh, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. And we stuck a flag in the United States of America into the moon. It was a type of banner staking our claim. We're the first human beings to land on it, so far as we know. A banner is more than a flag, though. A banner can be a voice. It's my hope that you would be a banner. It's my hope that you would be a voice, that you would be a voice of victory, a voice of, of, of a victory over the opposition, over the enemy. I've recently seen a movie uh, on uh, Winston Churchill. I think it's called The Darkest Hour. I don't endorse all of the movie, but it was, it was awesome in many ways, and it stirred me. And I, I love this section. Uh, it's a part of a, uh, the speech that he gave on June 4th, 1940, right before they entered into World War II. He says, we shall not flag or fail. We shall, not go, we shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if we do not for a moment believe this island or large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by British fleet, would carry on the struggle until God's good time, the new world, in all its power and might, steps forth to rescue and liberation of the old. Winston Churchill was an amazing leader. Not a perfect man, but amazing leader. He said things like, never, never, never give up. I want to tell you tonight that God has a plan for you, a hope for you, and you might be feeling so far from God. You might be feeling separated from God. You might be facing difficulty in your finances, in your, in your, in your money. You might be facing difficulty in your relationships. You might not know where you are, sort of punch drunk and on the ropes, but I want to declare to you tonight that God is on the throne and he is your banner he is your victory he will bring you through it doesn't matter what it feels like what it matters is what his word says and he stands over his word to see it performed it goes forth and it doesn't return void he doesn't stand over your opinion and he doesn't stand over mine either but he does stand over his word and when God said you can do it bless God you can when God said greater is he that's in you then understand no matter how you feel if the greater one is on the inside of you you can make it so don't ever give up don't ever cave in don't ever throw in the towel God's on the throne the enemy's been defeated come on shout to God tonight come on let's look at this text the children of Israel have been delivered out of Egypt God chose a stutterer, Moses. Couldn't speak. Sometimes we all feel like that. We feel inadequate, but God chose a man that felt inadequate. He chose a Moses. Moses argued with God, and God said, fine, I'll give you Aaron. That didn't work out so good at certain times. And he goes to Egypt, 
And he becomes a deliverer. God had heard the cry of his people. He goes to Egypt and he becomes a deliverer and through the plagues defeats all the ten major gods of Egypt. That's another message, another study. The final one being the death of the firstborn, which is a type and a shadow of Jesus. The blood of the lamb would be put upon the the doorposts and the lentils of their homes and and a celebration that the Jews call Passover. A picture that the Lamb of God, Jesus, another name for Jesus, this is the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist declared. The blood of Jesus being on the doorposts and the lentils of your own heart. That if the, door, if the blood of Jesus is on your heart, then the death angel passes over. You must be born again. But the children of Israel have been delivered, and Moses is their leader. And they've crossed over the Red Sea. Egypt has been defeated. And God had already provided water for them. I mean, he provided manna. He provided supernatural healing. He provided all kinds of breakthrough for them. And then I want to read this to you. It says in Deuteronomy 25, verse 17, Remember the Amalekites, what they did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. Now, Deuteronomy 25, 17 is referring to Exodus 17, which we read. When you were weary and worn out, and they met you on your journey and attacked you all, all that were lagging behind, they had no fear of God. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all of your enemies around you, and the land he's giving you to possess as an inheritance, you shall blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Don't forget. Man, the Lord, the Lord, he doesn't forget. And he's reminding them, don't forget. They were so evil, these people, these Amalekites. In history, they were one of the most evil people that there ever was. And what they did was they, they're the first terrorists. They snuck up behind Israel and picked off all the tired, weak people from behind. How cheap can you be? They, 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 they camped on and picked on the vulnerability of Egypt. Unexpectedly, this evil army, these Amalekites, they arise. And the Amalekites attack Israel right in your notes, and they camped at Rephidim, which has great significance. But I'll move on. And the battle was won, or fought, I should say, fought and won on two fronts. Everybody say two fronts. First, physically on the ground. Joshua had a sword. Moses spoke to him and said, Joshua, get the sword, get an army, get down there and start fighting. So that's the first front. Not necessarily in order, but they work together. Verse 9, Moses says to Joshua, choose from your men and go out and fight the Amalekites. And the rest, of the, the rest of it, this tomorrow I will stand on the hill with the staff of God in my hands. That's the second front. So physically on the ground is number one. Number two is spiritually in the air. Now I'm not talking about in the air. I'm talking about spiritually in the, the spiritual atmosphere, if you will. The places of where the warfare is. The second heaven, you could call it. The first heaven, according to scripture, is what we're looking at. The earth. The second heaven is the spiritual realm. And the third heaven is heaven, heaven. The place of the throne. And so Moses says, Joshua, get the sword, get out there and start fighting. I'm going to go up on the hill and I'm going to hold up the rod of God and we're going to win this thing. It's a picture of two working together. Not only someone on the ground, but somebody interceding, somebody praising, somebody worshiping. Moses needed Joshua's sword. Joshua needed Moses' rod. Represents two different generations. Let's go on. Israel wins the battle because Aaron and Hur helped Moses hold his hands up. Wow. So every time this rod would go down, Brother Toby, do me a favor. Go into my office upstairs. It's unlocked. There's a big old rod right there. Would you grab it? It's right behind my desk. Thank you, sir. Moses holds that rod up, and while the rod of God is in the air, they win. But when the rod goes down, they begin to lose. Wow, what a picture. What a picture of intercession. And so they win. And Moses calls that place. He makes an altar, and he calls it, the Lord is my banner. Now, I want you to keep in mind, God revealed himself 
to the patriarchs, God revealed himself in special ways, and then the Lord, and then they would name them, give them names of his attributes, character qualities of the Lord. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. That comes from Abraham. When God spoke to Abraham and said, go to the place where I show you, and he, he goes to this place, and he sees it afar off. It's a place of Moriah. And he goes there to offer his son, his one and only son, the text says, to offer his son as a sacrifice. And he says to the servants that are with him, thank you, sir. He says to the servants that are with him, we'll be back for we're going to go and sacrifice. And as they're on the way with the wood and the knife and the sacrifice, which is Isaac, Isaac says to his father, um, where's the sacrifice, dad? I'm paraphrasing. And he says, oh, oh, the Lord will provide. And he goes, which really wasn't all that unusual to sacrifice in that day, in that pagan, that pagan time. And the Lord did provide. He provided the ram in the thicket. And Moses called that place Jehovah Jireh. There's Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord my healer. And you could go through Jehovah Zitkanu. <laughs> Everybody say Jesus. That's good enough. He's all of it. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. But this place here, this Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Here's what, here's what Moses is saying about God. Although Joshua had his army and fought, it was God who intervened and gave them victory. I want you to know that, yes, you're promised victory. Yes, God is for you. Yes, God's on your side. Yes, there's a bad devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You will make it, but you will not make it in the arm of the flesh. You will not make it on your own. You can make it with God. You can make it with the help of the Lord. You can make it with resurrection power on the inside. You can make it as you pray, as you fast, as you contend. God will give you victory all the days of your life. What I love about him, if it's lost, he can find it. If it's broken, he can fix it. If it's dead, he can raise it up. He's God and he's on your side. I should say it this way. We need to be on God's side. He has an agenda. So it wasn't just a Joshua that fought. It was both generations fighting together. Moses raised his hands. It's a position of praise. It's a position of prayer, intercession. It's a position of authority. It's a position of the high place. He goes up on the hill and he takes the high ground. What a battle we're in. There's a battle for the high places. Oh, I'm talking about government. The high places. I'm talking about the arts. There's a battle for culture over our culture. And our culture seems dying and damned, but God is raising up those who will go into the high places and declare the good news of Jesus and live with character and integrity and anointing. Come on, God has raised you up here in this church. He's raising up a mighty army to go into the highways and byways. He's raising up business people, raising up household technicians. Come on, somebody. He's raising up teachers. He's raising up those who will stand with the rod of God and a double-edged sword in their hand, even like Nehemiah. Nehemiah was called by the Lord with a great burden to rebuild the wall, and he got a strategy from God to put families on the wall, those with a trowel in their hand and other ones with swords in their hand. It's a picture that you have to build. You've got to rebuild the walls of protection, rebuild the broken down walls of our, of our nation and the nations, which is basically the Word of God, and you need to perform spiritual warfare and take authority over things. It represented Moses here holding the staff of God in his hands. Here, verse 9, it represented God's purpose, his cause. It represented God's authority and power released on behalf of Israel. I said it before, but Moses had the rod of God. Joshua had the sword. Moses needed Joshua's sword. Josh needed Moses' rod. And I want to tell you, that it is a multi-generational move of God that will get done what we need to have done. It is not just, I've heard it, I've heard, oh, there's going to be youth revival. There's going to be youth revival too. I'm going to be in it. We're all young compared to God. Come on, he's the ageless one. My daughter had a vision, and she authorized me to share a portion of it. She came home the other night, was in our driveway, and 
her spiritual vision open, her eyesight open, and she, she wasn't, so vision's when you're awake, dream is when you're sleeping. So she had a vision. In the vision, there was a great battle, a, a demonic, dark army on one side. The land was clearly a desert, parched, dry. And then God's people, as an army on the other, in battle array, if I could say it that way. And the battle was to be won, but it would only be won as they worshipped, as they united together. And it was this picture of families being together. And, and a, young, a young one, a child, a child, Hannah, would you call it a child, was the one who really brought like this seed and deposited this seed. And it's, 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 it's complex and powerful. I don't want to share the whole thing with you. But I want to tell you that we are in a battle and some of you are asleep in the arms of the enemy. Don't realize that what, all that's at stake. Listen, you have a brief moment in time. One moment in time you and I have. That moment is called life. And in that brief moment of your life, we have, we're to be used by God to expand His kingdom. Then it's over. And it could be, we could very well be the terminal generation. It could all be over with this generation. Now keep in mind that every generation said that. And that is the way that you should live. You should live like this is it, because it is it for you. You're not going to get another one. It's not a dress rehearsal. You ain't heard somebody say that before. And if you look in the life of Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, the angels were talking, about to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, and they tell him, should we, should we talk to Abraham? Because we got to tell Abraham, because he's got to direct his children and his children after him in the way that should go, in righteousness and justice, so that, you, so that the Lord will fulfill everything he's spoken to Abraham. Now, I'm paraphrasing. If somebody could find that for me, it'd be great. It's, it's right before Sodom and Gomorrah. God's talking and Abraham gets to listen. And God is saying, Abraham is hold the holder of the promise, but he's got to direct his kids and his children after them in the way of the Lord in righteousness and justice so that they will fulfill it. Because a fulfillment of the dream and the purpose of God is more than one generation. It's more than one generation. And listen, I believe somebody said, I got so many prophetic words, I don't even know what to do. Well, maybe, maybe some of those are for the millennial reign. I don't know. All I know is, is that God has called us to partner together to cut off the Amalekites. And we'll talk about them here in a second. Holding up the rod of God, the authority of God, the power of God. It's a shepherd's rod. A shepherd's rod that became the rod of God. I've preached it before, but God will take, you know, the shepherd was a picture of his, of his job, a shepherd. God will take the job and anoint you in the midst of it. No matter what you do, God wants to put his hand on you so that your job can even become like the rod of God. So that your life is supernatural. Some of you feel like, well, I'm just doing cleaning, or I'm, or I'm just a teacher, or, or I'm just a student. You're not just in anything. You, you, you're a man of God. You're a woman of God called in the purposes of God to be used by him to bring his authority, to bring his power, to bring someone, to be someone who stands between life and death, between the curse and the blessing, and declare God's kingdom in the earth. That's what God's called you to do. Wow. The physical, the visible banner was the staff. But behind the staff was the Lord himself who would fight on Israel's behalf. Wow. I'm going to tell you that God is fighting on our behalf. I said the Lord is fighting on our behalf. Just yell it out nice and loud, Jim. Put it up. Genesis 18, 19, please. Turn there if you would. I've preached on this before. There it is. I have known him in order that he may command his children. Stop. I've taught on it before, but some of you haven't quite grabbed it. I've known him. So God knows you. Everybody say, God knows me. Yeah, God knows you so that you would command, uh, so that he would command his children and his household after him that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he's spoken to him. Leave it up. God has called you. God has appointed you. God has anointed you for the purpose of directing. And I don't mean necessarily your, your children that come from your own loins. But I mean even discipleship. Raising up another generation. Pouring into another generation. God has known us. He saved us. And if it was just to be saved, you'd drop dead. Right after you prayed that sinner's prayer, wherever you were at Fred Myers, you'd be like, 
and straight to heaven. But you're here. Why are you here? Because God's got a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, a purpose for you. So this is an amazing scripture that applies to us. You see, God has chosen us and appointed us at this hour in history so that we can command our children and raise people up to know the word of the Lord, to know righteousness and justice that God would then bring about the promise that he's given to us as even our forefathers. Wow, that's amazing. Come on, someone say it's not about me. No, it is not. But oh, he blesses you in the midst of it. God will intervene on your behalf. God will intervene on your behalf, but you've got to do your part physically. Physically first. What do you mean your part? Dude, if you don't show up, I mean, if you don't show up, how are you going to get a paycheck? Who in their right mind would pay you a week's wages if you don't get out your carcass out of bed and get to work? Come on, you got to punch the clock maybe, maybe your salary. But I'm going to tell you what, if you don't show up, I mean, how many sick days do you have? If you don't show up, then you're not going to get paid. If you don't show up to revelry, you know, is that what they call in the military? Or is that charge? I don't know what it is. But I mean, when you got to show up and your bunks get, what is it? Yeah, you don't show up. You're in trouble. I'm sure it's at least 20 push-ups. Oh, no, it's a whole lot. What happens if you don't get up and show up for, for roll call or whatever it is? It's called AWOL, absent without leave, and it's Article 15. Right. You done, Slick. That's it. Don't even sound good. AWOL. What an AWOL. That's terrible. He didn't show up. Some of you are AWOL. What does that stand for? It sounds like a curse. What's going on around here? Absent without leave. That sounds better. You got to do your part physically. Come on, someone say, I'm going to do my part physically. You know, Joshua had to obey. He had to go get the sword. He had to go down to the field, and he had to fight. You know, morning prayer this morning was sizzling. Morning prayer this morning was on fire. I don't know if you've ever been to a fervent prayer meeting, but boy, it's exciting. And it was one of those. It was one of those where we just knew that God was breaking through. There was passion and zeal and breakthrough after breakthrough as we prayed. Really, really amazing. But you know, it's, what's astounding to me is that there are times when I don't want to go. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. I don't feel like getting up. I can't imagine what would have happened today if I didn't get up and come to prayer. Listen, some of you are walking in the breakthrough today because you prayed yesterday. I mean yesterday as in a time period. You had a lifestyle of prayer. Now you've stopped and you're walking in victory. And, and, and soon victory will change if you don't get yourself back in the place where the glory comes out. You don't get yourself back in prayer. Come on, Joshua had to get the sword. He had to do his part physically. You had to show up tonight. I'm so glad you did. You showed up tonight. Yes. Why? Because you're hungry. Because you want something from the Lord. Maybe because you wanted some fellowship or wanted to sing and worship. All of those are good reasons. But if you don't show up with the sword, you're never going to win. Joshua had to show up. Some of you, man, God's talking to you, but you, you ever had this problem on your phone? You, you know, you get on your phone and you're talking to somebody and... I don't know, it seemed to happen more uh, with the earlier versions of iPhone than it does now, but my cheek would touch the mute. And I would be like waxing eloquent, going on, telling a story, and be like, hello? And it's muted. Some of you, God's talking to you, you got mute on. So he's trying to tell you something. La, 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 la. I'm not listening. Because you don't want to go get the sword, whatever that would mean. Come on, God wants to give you victory and breakthrough. But the victory and breakthrough and the wisdom will come in the quiet time that you never have. God, you got to set some time apart. So physically, we got we to do our part physically. Secondly, we got to do our part spiritually. We got to pray. You got to believe. Moses stood there with his hand on the rod of God. God's power, power is available for you. To change things. I said God's power is available for you. 
You mean me? I just gave my life to Jesus last week. Yes, you. Yes, all of us. God's power is available for us. We pray and obey, then God's power is released. I loved here, I heard a testimony of a brother who was coming home. He's been looking for a house for the longest period of time. Can't seem to find one. And he felt like the Lord said, get off of the next exit. So he gets off on the next exit and he's driving and he's driving and he comes to the end of the road and there's a house for sale. So it, it's just perfect. So he goes, he calls, he finds out that actually it's this totally divine set of circumstances where they were looking for a believer to rent the house and kids and the whole thing. And it's, it seems to be working out to be the voice of God and the greatest breakthrough he's believed for is, is upon him because he, he took the mute off and he obeyed. But he's been in prayer, he's been praying, he's been seeking God. The Lord is speaking to us about what we need to do to fulfill his plan for the church. Now here's where I might get up in your business just a little bit. The Amalekites were sent to prevent God's people from fulfilling the prophetic promise. There is an assignment against you. There is an assignment against the church which we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, but you've got to do your part. You have to smite the Amalekite. Come on, someone say smite the Amalekite. Now that's a better name, I think, than raise the banner. Smite the Amalekite. He's speaking to us. What, what prevents us? What prevents the church from fulfilling the plan, for fulfilling God's will? Well, Amalekites will try to a spirit of Amalek will try to hinder us. And what does that look like? Well, it could come in any different number of forms. Lethargy. See, if you, get, if you get so lazy, then you won't actually end up doing what God called you to do. Then the church won't move forward. In your own life, if you cave into laziness, listen, your flesh is lazy. Your flesh just wants to play Fortnite and sit at home. Your flesh just wants to, you know, just get the Xbox 360 out. And just, just chill. You have to be so aggressive. Well, yeah, if you want to go somewhere. This kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That's what it means is the kingdom of heaven rewards spiritual violence. What does that mean? That means when you come before God and you declare what he's going to do, what his word said and what his promises are, that's an act of violence. Kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You will not fulfill your destiny and purpose if you don't learn to get a little bit of spiritual violence. I'm not talking about mean. You got to get rid of that. Some of you meaner than a junkyard dog need to get rid of the mean. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual violence, a fervency, a zeal for what God said. God said it, so then you believe it, you stand on it, you pray, and you watch it come to pass. What prevents the church from fulfilling God's plan, God's will? There's, there's, Lethargy, there's apathy. There's some of you just don't really care. You're like, can't wait till I close so you can go eat at McDonald's and do whatever you want. If you're apathetic, then you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Some of the ways that the enemy stops a church is through a lack of anointing. Would you come? A lack of what? Anointing. What's the anointing? It's the God enabling. It's the God empowerment to do God stuff. It's three things you need to fulfill the purpose and the plan for you. Three things the church needs. Three things you need for your business. Three things we need for our family. You need the anointing. You can't do what God called you to do without His enablement. Number one. Number two, you need people. You need people. We need people. We need leaders. We need God to raise up an army of a God's army to evangelize. He's doing it. We need people to, to stand up. We need worship leaders. We need pastors. How are we going to plant hundreds of churches if, if God doesn't do that? We need people. We need the anointing. We need people. And the third thing is you need money. You need money. Come on, someone say, I need some cash. God calls you to do something that's going to cost something, and God will give it to you. Those are three things that hinder us. The anointing will take care of the Amalekites. But there has been an assignment to pick off weak People that are, that are riding the fence, kind of straggling behind. Listen, it's an hour not to be lukewarm. It's an hour to get on fire. It's an hour to be unoffendable. You know what that means? That means you live above a fence. I'm not talking about a fence around your yard. I'm at offense. Offense. In other words, 
You don't let somebody get underneath your skin. You work it out and forgive them. I mean, have you been offended yet? If you haven't been offended this church, you will soon be offended. We won't do it on purpose, but as part of God's healing in your own life. Some of you got rejection pasted right across your forehead. So every person you run into, you think they don't like you. You know, you walk in a room and you know they're looking at you. You just feel rejected. It's a spirit of rejection. Some of you, some of you have an orphan spirit. You were rejected by, uh, come on, it's not funny. You were rejected by your mom. You were rejected by your dad. You were told that you were in an accident. You're told that, you know, children should be seen and not heard. And all the different things that you internalized to make up your self-worth. I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't have any orphans. There's no such thing as God's orphans. He adopts you. He grafts you in. He washes you and cleanses you, and He gives you a new identity. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What that means is when you receive Jesus, He comes to live on the inside of you. He comes to live inside of you. Your three, there's three parts of God, Father, Son, well, as the three in one God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're made in His image and likeness. There's three parts to you. You have flesh. You have your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you have a spirit. When you ask Jesus into your life, He comes to live and make your spirit alive. Comes to live inside of you and make your spirit alive to Him. But you still have this. You still have your flesh. Your fallen human nature, you got to learn to put that thing down. And you still have your mind, your will, and your emotions, your memories. And you got to renew this. Romans 12 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to learn to think differently. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if you think of yourself as a loser, dirtbag, orphan, rejected, nobody loves you, then you will live that out, even though it's a lie if you're born again. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. The enemy has come to steal your peace, rob you. Rephidim means resting place. He comes to steal your peace and rob from you. That's what he comes to do. He comes to steal your peace, rob from you, and pick you off and separate you from the promises of God. You've got to stand up in your God-given, blood-bought right and begin to declare vengeance on the assignment of the enemy and begin to walk in power and authority. You need to pick up the rod of God. You need to pick up the sword and begin to declare what God said He's going to do. He's going to do it. He's not a man that He should lie. And if you've faced a roadblock right now, then you just need to get some gumption. You just need to get a fresh unction. You need to be set on fire and begin to take the rod of God and intercession and prayer take authority spiritually and begin to speak forth that which God said and take steps take action show up physically show up spiritually and believe for the breakthrough there is a spirit of Amalek that wants to try to pick people off that wants to rip off the church and I tonight in the name of the authority of the power of the blood of the lamb command that thing to be broken in the name of Jesus I declare victory over every situation. Lethargy go. Apathy go. I pray strength, God, to your people. Holy Spirit, come. Come by your power. Come by your anointing. Release fresh authority. Release a fresh mantle, God, upon each and every one tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, shout to God like he's given you the city. God will give us victory in every area of our lives. If you'll declare it, if you'll walk in it, if we raise his banner, which basically means do his will. Did you get something from the Lord? Part one. I'll preach part two next week. He's come to rob your peace. He's come to rob your prosperity. He's come to rip you off. And we say no tonight. Come on, stand up all across this place. Come on, just say no to the enemy's strategy tonight. We say no tonight. We say no tonight to the, to the strategies of the enemy. Holy Spirit, clothe your church with power and authority. A revelation of it. You've already done it. Give us a revelation of it. We walk in fresh authority and power anointing. Lord, and thank you. 
Thank you for a multi-generational church. Thank you for a multi-ethnic church. I pray that you would raise up children. You put your power on 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds, Lord, 12-year-olds. You put your power on teenagers. You put your power on young adults. Release the encouragement, the strength of heaven right now. In the name of Jesus. Hey, can we sing that Jesus healer thing song that you did? Worship team, come on up on the platform. Worship team, please come. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. He's going to release victory to you. He's going to release healing. Some of you just need to be refreshed, man. You're weary in the battle. He wants to refresh you right now. He's my Broken off of our church. Call the name of Jesus. Broken off of our family. He is our protector. Broken off of businesses in Jesus' name. Call the name of Jesus. Come on. He is our deliverer. from the Lord. Many times people want to push forward and push, push, push and God's saying, just hold on a second. Paul trying to go to Ephesus and the Holy Spirit said no. You know, the Holy Spirit says no. Some of you don't ever like, you didn't like it when your mama said no. You didn't like it when your daddy said no. And you don't like it when God says no. Well, you're not God. So just trust Him. You got to settle it tonight to trust God with your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Trust Him. He's the one that knit you together in your mother's womb. He's the one that can help you. Stop going AWOL. Show up. Begin to pray. Obey. Take the sword in your hand. Come on, take a staff in your other hand. Decree and proclaim God's plan for your life. And let the Lord use you. Let the Lord bring you into the land. But there will be a spirit of Amalekite that will come to try to pick you off when you're tired. Come to, come to try to make you confused. Come to try to fracture things. The devil's a bad devil. And you've got nothing to fear. He's a toothless lion for those who are in Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. 
If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in the condition that you came in. There really is a place called hell. It's to be shunned. You don't have to go there. It's not made for you. And then there's heaven. The Bible says to as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. You become his child by receiving him. By receiving his death, his resurrection, by receiving him as your Lord and Savior, by confessing your sin, by repenting. That's how you receive and you repent and you receive his free gift of salvation. Whosoever believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So those online, those here, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you need to recommit because you drifted. Or maybe you just want to be sure because the enemy lies and you're not sure if you're going to heaven and you want to be sure that you are. If that's you, you fit in any of those three categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or number two, making a recommitment because you drifted. Or number three, you just want to be sure all across this place, those online, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Slip your hand up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. Online, perhaps. God bless you. See that hand. If you're serious, there'll be others that are coming with you. If you're serious about it, I want you to step out from where you're standing. Meet me right here. We're going to pray all together. Ready, set, go without thinking about it. Come on, meet me right here. Right here, as close to my hand as you can. Come on, come. Put your hands together for these guys. Come on, come. 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 Come. Come right up front. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. You ready? Just right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. You're all right. Come on. To die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior tonight. Use my life for the purpose for which I was created. Amen. Lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I break off every tie, every cord. I break the assignment of the enemy. I break off depression. I break off anxiety. Every lie, generational curses, iniquity, we break it tonight off of these and declare freedom. Now, this is a word for some of you. You need to forgive. Some of you just got this thing against your dad. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. You got to forgive your dad. You got to forgive your mom. You let it go. They, they belong to the Lord. They did the best they could. I mean, you can't give what you don't have. You just got to forgive him. Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would fill and touch these. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill and touch them. We've got some folks around you. Would you just come and pray for these right now? Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Holy Spirit, release your power, your fire upon each and every one. Come on, you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit. Go ahead and pray right now. your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's a breakthrough that God wants to bring tonight. I didn't preach long to you. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in that spirit language right now. Lord, thank you. Come on, a little louder, a little stronger, Lord. We give you praise. Jesus' name. Call the name of Jesus. 
He is my healer. Call the name of Jesus. Call the name. Call the name of Jesus. Every hindrance is broken in the name of Jesus. Call the name of Jesus. He is our deliverer. Listen, I'm just going to tell you what I feel and sense in the spirit. Good, good word, great. Feel like God moved. Not done. It's just not done. So I need your help. What does that mean? I want you to pray in tongues. Turn it loose like your life depends on it. Come on, you ready? Set. That's better. Come on now, pray in the Holy Ghost. Turn it loose. Turn loose. Turn loose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Every cord broken. Every assignment severed in the name of Jesus. Minister Ava, come and lead us in prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare that we are free from every weight, every heavy weight, every bond is broken right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of orphans, every orphan spirit, every father wound healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to pour out your spirit even more. Put those are on the sidelines that have come in your fullness, God. In your fullness, Lord. Your fullness of your presence, Lord. Pour out your spirit, God. Break every yoke. Destroy every burden. Destroy every burden. Destroy every burden, God. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Your work will not be prosper here. Weapons may be formed, but they shall not prosper. We thank you, God, that we abide in the secret place of the Most High God. We thank you that a thousand may fall at our right side, but nothing shall come near us. We stand upon your word, God. You are a strong tower. You are our fortress. You are our hiding place. And we thank you, God, that you see songs of deliverance round about us. Now shout to God like God just did everything you ever prayed for. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, shout to God.